what's up everybody so uh man i just want to let you guys know you are all just horrible evil sinners like just wicked people and god is just speaking on this podcast so you need to listen and you need to be here or else or else Oh my gosh, what a great intro to the podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, everybody. <laughs> so, I always say this, but for everyone that's uh, not listening anymore, we love you. And everyone that stayed here after that horrendous achievement that we just did. Thanks. Yeah, yeah the podcast is, let's, it's kind of gone through a little bit of a shift, man. What do you mean? I don't know, man. Like, our listener I'm base... out of the loop. <laughs> So our listener base is going up, but the people who are listening are kind of changing. Like, I feel like it's becoming more of like uh, a lot of our close friends getting on board with the podcast and listening to it. Yeah. And uh, less uh, just people from different – because I, I can – we can see on Buzzsprout and the hosting sites and all that, like yeah. where the plays are coming from. So. Not that we're being like creepy about it, but <laughs> creeping on you. We're the freaking government right now. We know every address <laughs> where whoa, that podcast whoa, was played. Geez. Just joking. We, we don't shut it down. Shut we, it down. We don't know all that. Um, but I don't know, man. It's becoming more centralized and localized to the people who we know. But at the same time, I feel like we're growing. Um, as far as the base of our listeners. So it's been a little bit of a shift, and not to mention, like, everything that's been going on. Like, this whole year, because this has kind of been – we're still, I feel like, in startup in startup mode right yeah, now. Like, we're get, still getting everything I agree. aligned of how we want to do everything. So – and learning how to – like, we're just now starting to do show notes and getting everything written down and planned out. Before, it was just kind of, like, flying by the seat of the pants, you know, like, we'd get on Skype or something and be like, hey, what do you want to talk about? Keith, that's my life, bro. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, my heart lives in the place where it's flying by the seat of its pants. Improv is my game, is my comfort zone. Whenever, yeah. whenever we don't know what's about to happen, I feel the most comfortable because there's no expectation of what's going to happen. So whatever I do is all right. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's good. <laughs> I think that's perfect because I'm the exact opposite of that. Yeah. So we, we make a great team. We do. It's like it's like if Professor Xavier and Magneto could get along. You know mm. what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like if uh millennials and church could get along. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like Ooh, we we man. would make a can great you, team. Can you imagine what that team would look like? That would be we would win a championship for sure. If we, millennials and church could work together. Right? That's a good point. That's a good point. I like it. Yeah. Way to segue into the main topic of the mm. podcast. Like I, everyone, just give Keith a round of applause right now. We're Woo! we're three minutes and twenty two seconds in, and this boy is we can just killing it. we can just end it right there. Yeah, that's the podcast, Bam. everybody. Every point we needed to make, pretty much already taken care of. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> so Ben, what's up with you, man? What's going on in your life? Anything you want to talk about before we get into things? Uh. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Uh, you just do your thing, man. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I will tell that story I was telling you about. Okay. Uh, so I had this super 
super awkward moment in my life happened recently. And it, I just, it, like, I haven't, I don't feel awkward. Like I said, I'm improvisational. I just, whatever mm. happens, happens, and you roll with it. But Is that this, a word? Improvisational. Improvisational. If you Google it. I feel like that could be a word. But anyways. Yeah, I've, this story's long enough that you could Google it if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so I, I'm on my lunch break. I'm going to go get some Chinese food, you know, Friday night. Chinese oh, yeah. place is busy. The line is, like, up to the door because this is some bomb Chinese food that I'm going to get at the Happy Dragon. Get it. And uh, I saw someone, uh, a previous pastor of mine, <laughs> in in line. And uh, this this was the pastor of the church where I was asked to take a sabbatical. And uh, So funny. Yeah, so I left the church so I could do house church and blah, blah, blah. So... I mean, I didn't leave. I was asked to leave, but I did. I complied with the You weren't leaving. asked to leave. You were asked to change your mind. I guess that's true. I really wasn't. No one kicked me out of any church. It was just like, take a break until you decide whether or not you agree with us and, and then decide where you want to go to church after that. Um, so, or where is this where God has you is the way that it was phrased. Um, but I saw him in line and I immediately had this like soul reaction. I was like, mm, nope. <laughs> bye bye, and I went back to my car and sat down in my car Wait. until the line cycled through, and so I could go in without having that super awkward conversation. So you were like on your way, uh, yeah. you were like walking toward Happy Dragon, and then just nope, yeah, <laughs> turn Com- around. I was confidently strolling up <laughs> to receive my General So's chicken. And was like, it can wait, mm. it can wait. I'll be, there. <laughs> it'll still be there. So I let the line cycle through. Yeah, and. Just to be completely vulnerable with the podcast, the reason is that if this would happen a month ago, I would have gone in there and had a great conversation and be like, yep, life's great. You know what I mean? Uh, but at this point, if he was to say, so how's that house church thing going? It, you know, it has its struggles. And I didn't want to have to explain the struggles and then yeah. have him have the opportunity to say like, oh, man, I don't know who saw that coming. Or I don't know who gave you advice about, uh-huh. uh, you know, I, I didn't want to have that conversation. Or, I mean, not that it, it would even matter, but he would have leverage to kind of go back to church and be like, so saw Ben this week, everybody, and he's not doing so good. He should have listened to us. And no. that's affirmation that we're doing the Lord's will and that yeah. he's not. Not, I mean, like, yeah. I don't dislike this person at all. It has nothing to do with anger or resentment or hurt or anything like that. It has everything to do with I knew what conversation would be had, and I didn't want to have the conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, because we're in, in the process of house church, we're talking with like the I don't know what you want to say, just the 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 people that are involved with the house church currently. We're talking about like what role does traditional church play? Do we need it to be a part of our lives? Plus the house church is the house church enough. Cause we don't have like leadership and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, I didn't want to have that conversation with, him, but that was just super awkward and yeah, that would ridiculous. be an awkward conversation. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's what's going on in my life. That was the, the highlight of my week. The strangeness that's going on. Did I tell you we saw them one time we went out to Bob Evans. And of course, you know, if you go there anytime, they're going to be there. Bob Evans is the stuff. That's literally like they live there and then they go home sometimes. Manna from heaven was actually biscuits <laughs> and gravy. Yes. Quail gravy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean so, to your story. No, you're good. You're good. So yeah, we went there and we were eating and like as we were getting up to leave, they all walked. It was like Tom Lana, Dave Mary, uh, someone else. But they all sat down 
and it was like awkward hugs and like yeah hey okay no i like i feel like if i i i would rather go to that church and see them than meet them out in public somewhere yeah. you know what i mean like that's just how i feel about it because it's awkward because no one knows what to say because obviously they don't care to talk to you and and i personally don't really want to talk to them so it's just a conversation that doesn't have to happen but awkwardly will because mm-hmm. both sides want to try and be as cordial as possible and because you have tons of history it's like awkward to see a person that you knew pretty intimately for yeah four years of your life and then be like huh, don't care to talk to you yeah you know? yeah i guess it'd kind of be like if you had an ex-girlfriend you were with for a really long time Oh my gosh, dude, that's how I feel about the church. I feel like the church is my ex-girlfriend. Dang, deep. <laughs> deep. For sure, for sure. Okay, well, not to make the whole podcast about yeah. churchy ex-girlfriends. Yeah. So we uh we are we are currently working on So as we said last week, we are going to be jumping into the second part of this two-part series of why millennials aren't going to church. So we're going to be looking over an article um Done by this guy named Sam and Sam Eaton, I believe. Anyways, he has a Facebook page, Twitter, probably all of that, called Recklessly Alive. And, uh, yeah, dude. So we are working on getting him on the podcast, but, uh, time things, uh, couldn't match up and we had communication errors. But we're still working on getting him on here if he, uh, would love to have you on here if you're listening to this, Sam. Yeah. And I want to clarify something, too. Um, I don't know, and this is just, like, me thinking out loud here. I don't know if maybe he listened to the podcast and was like, oh, those guys are too edgy. I don't know if I want to be on there. <laughs> There's, like, an explicit logo beside their thing. So I, and I, I'm, not saying that he, I'm not saying that he did this, but, oh my gosh. but I just want to talk about it for a second because oh, it's geez. a possibility. Oh, no. No, because I don't – I'm not saying that I th- think he did. I'm just saying, no, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I – usher and i urge people to be on the podcast who don't agree with me so because oh yeah because i was looking at i like where you're going with this yeah because (laughs) i was looking on his facebook page and he seems to be very pro-church he goes to conferences conferences speaks at schools encourages kids and all this stuff uh, to follow god which is really cool stuff i appreciate that and i think it's something that um the church needs to do more actually caring about people so it's it's something really good but he seems to be like very pro church from what I can see, which I don't know him and I haven't talked to it's him complete much. Complete assumption. Yeah, complete assumption. <laughs> Everything I'm saying is just an assumption. <laughs> but that being said, I don't know if maybe he looked at the podcast or maybe listened to an episode and was like, oh, these guys are a little too edgy for me. But my thing I mean, is. He just disagrees theologically with like the ability that we think it's okay to swear on the podcast. And he's like, oh. Man, that right there disagrees with me, and so... And that's okay. Which is 100% But the thing is, I want to talk about those things, and I don't want this to be... Because I feel like this podcast is going to get really boring and just die out if it's just constantly like a bunch of people who just agree on everything. I 100% agree. Yeah. I want to see... Wow. I want to see... uh, Way to further the the cause. Yeah. (laughs) I did not realize. That was completely... (laughs) We're going to die out if we just agree all the time. I agree. (laughs) Okay. Just, just knife in the back of the podcast. <laughs> no, I, but I, I agreeably disagree, Keith. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, 
I, I want to have people on here who have differing views. Yeah. I mean, and I 100% can, just so everybody knows, if you have different opinions, I can disagree with you, but also respect you and love you at the same time, which yeah. is not the normal experience that everyone who has disagreements is used to. But I would love to have someone be like, hey, uh, so this is what I think about a certain topic. And then I tell them something different. And then we talk about why we stand where we stand and then yeah, sleep on it and become different people and grow together. So say hypothetically, anybody didn't want to come on the show because they don't agree with our – they listen to our is getting drunk a sin or what yeah. the hell is church or whatever. And they were like, hey, uh, I don't really agree with you. Okay, so let's talk about that. We don't have to agree. See, the the thing is, the culture that's been kind of built up in church and uh, westernized Christianity is, if you don't agree with us, get out. And that's something that we're going to talk about. It's one of the bulletin points he makes on here of, um, you know, the he, he calls it the you can't sit with us theory or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we make it like, oh, well, we disagree, so I guess we can't be friends. And that's just wrong. We can disagree. Anyway, so for so, anyone who doesn't know when we say and he says we're we're talking about an article that was written by uh Sam about why millennials are leaving church. I don't know if we already said that. I just wanted to make sure everyone was on the mm-hmm. same page. If you didn't listen to the last episode, we have this article. And the article was actually fun fun fact is before I was asked to take a sabbatical from the church. Okay. Um this article was we we someone found it and posted it on Facebook and then a lot of my generation was like, Oh my gosh, this is how I feel and greatly agreed with Yeah, the it was really popular when it first came out. So much so that our leadership circulated this amongst the elders. Like the the everybody in <laughs> How the do we get church, those youngsters here? <laughs> they they read the complaints of millennials and uh as you would expect from someone who's not a millennial, they were like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, you know, these are, I don't think these concerns really have a lot of groundedness behind them. And then we kind of just, my thing is just, just because something wasn't applicable to your generation or your time doesn't mean it's not important. I remember having talks with leaders and they were, you know, we would have talks about, Hey, I need to feel validated as a leader. I need to feel like I'm loved and needed here. And then it would be like, well, my dad never told me he loved me or I didn't need that affirmation from my pastors. They just told me what to do and I did it. It's okay. Well, that's you. That was your generation, I guess. You didn't care about being told that you were loved. That's that's weird. You didn't care about be- <laughs> feeling accepted and cared about. That's weird. But yeah. if that's how you were, I'm, no judgment here, but that's not me. Yeah, I want to feel respected and valued and loved, which is another point he makes so let's just jump into it before we just talk about everything and yeah no no i mean yeah yeah fly by the seat of our pants whatever yeah <laughs> anyway so uh sam if you're listening or whatever like uh feel free to jump on whenever anybody who's listening and disagrees please get a hold of us and uh if our podcast doesn't succeed it's your fault oh my god <laughs> we're also really good at jokes just so everybody knows. Ooh, that's I feel like that's hot. No, never mind. We're good. All right, continue. Okay. So the first point he makes is nobody nobody listens to us. And I feel like that's kind of like 
one of the main reasons that I left the church, I know yours was a little bit different, but one of the re- main reasons I left the church that we were going to is because I didn't feel listened to. Mm-hmm. I had complaints. I had uh, um, ideas that were different and thinking that was different than traditional church or just the pastor and the leadership's view on scriptures and stuff like that. Um, so it was, it wasn't listened to, it wasn't thought through. It was just, well, here's this vague scripture about what the Bible says about what you're talking about. So that puts that to rest. Let's go to the next question. And I'm like, no, that doesn't put it to rest. I'm not done. I'm not, I'm still talking. You, You can't just tell me. You can't just tell me I'm wrong and then call that good and mm-hmm. then move on to the next question. That doesn't that doesn't answer anything. I don't want to hear the Bible says, you know, yes, let's take scripture into consideration, but I want to understand what the Bible's saying. I don't want to just say, Oh, here's my interpretation. Here's this one scripture that says blah 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 blah. So I mean, like <clears throat> we should have I think it's good in anything to have kind of an objective standard that we all go back to. And like, this is where we start. And then we work out what our beliefs are from here. And if we say that's the Bible, I think it's good to bring the Bible into conversations, but to just present a scripture without any kind of elaboration that doesn't really answer the question is, is still not listening. And that's what a lot of millennials are getting. They're like, so I have this question. Here's a scripture that answers it. And they're like, that still doesn't make any sense to me. I'm unable to comprehend how that answered my question. Yeah. And then the response is, well, do you want me to read it again? Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So like I said before, I mean, that was the, one of the main reasons I left the church, just I wasn't listened to. And, uh, he's, he talks, uh, here about, um, he lists solutions or answers to how the church could better react. So I think mm-hmm. it'd be cool to kind of, instead of just talking about problems all the oh, time, yeah. like 100%. I think it'd be cool if we could just talk about, okay, so there's an issue. So how can it be solved? And he talks about creating outlets, forums, surveys, meetings um, to discover how millennials could feel accepted or could feel heard inside and outside of the church. Because that's important as well. You you can't just when a church just focuses on the people that are in their within their four walls. I think you're inevitably gonna fail there. I mean, it might take a while. You might get you know a couple generations of families who grow up going to that church, but eventually, if you don't stretch beyond your four walls, you're gonna die. But he talks about creating surveys, forums, talks. Stuff like that where it's like, all right, what do you need? How can – and I feel like we started to do that. Like we started doing the uh, – what was it? We started doing those meetings with the pastor and everybody. Each generation? No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. What, uh, what was it called? What was that called? DCOM? Yeah, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought it was kind of a well, cool name. See, I liked it. So Discipleship back... communities are what we started where uh, we would get together with – the our uh, a generation would get together with the pastor and have a good talk and a good uh, conversation about where that generation was at, which is 
so the right thing, so the right thing, but somehow still didn't necessarily work out in the end. You know why it didn't work out? I I, I bet you're going to tell me. <laughs> so it, it didn't, in my opinion, it didn't work out because it's not what that was intended to do. When me and Amanda first went to Tom and we were talking about like, hey, blah, 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 here's some issues. We need to figure this stuff out. And decom for, and I don't even like calling it that because that's not even what it was meant to be. Sure. But for the sake of that's what it's called and that's what they've made it. Mm-hmm. It's decom wasn't supposed to be, hey, let's all get together and just hang out and talk. It, it was a group of people who had issues with the church. And it's like, yeah, can we get together with you, pastor, and talk about these things and work them out? And what it became was just uh, another freaking church group. And yeah, that's I mean, what the, the, first one, the first one was legit. I loved it. We all kind of voiced our frustrations with tears and genuineness. And yeah. I thought it was really great and a step in the right direction. I And the reason <clears throat> we're, we're talking about some really specific stuff with the church that we came from. But the reason that we're talking about it is not to like I'm not doing this so that everyone can smell the dirty laundry of, no, of a church. I'm, I'm it's doing, my experience and I can talk about it. Exactly. I'm doing we're doing this because I think that other people out there are also going through these same things. So we're sharing our specific yeah. story as it relates to it. But the problem is not so much in in our situation anyway, it wasn't that we didn't get together and have like focus groups because we did do that, but after the focus groups the uh i don't i felt like i'm not saying this is what happened but this is what was communicated is that the response to our frustrations wasn't a response of i value that frustration and i will make adjustments to to make you feel comfortable it It was was like here's a quick answer of why we do things it was more like i'm going to answer your frustrations and explain why they shouldn't be frustrations rather than i receive that and i will work on it you know what i mean yeah next question yeah that's what it came down to yeah 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 that's kind of i think that's more of the problem in a lot of small churches anyway is that well i can resolve your frustration not let me make an adjustment you know what i mean for millennials i think that's why they feel frustrated yeah and it's not even not saying that you're wrong but it's not even like resolve it's just i can answer your frustration real quick yeah with exactly. an answer exactly that supports why we do what we do mm-hmm. so true so that's kind of that first topic of like nobody's listening to us and i think that's a perfectly valid point some of these points i don't really know too much about so i guess we'll talk about it for a second and skip over them but sure um so the second one we made we're sick about we're sick of hearing about values and mission statements um, I don't know. I guess that's a point. I mean, I don't really have... Out of all the times I've read the article, I think I don't remember what that point exactly was about, but... Yeah, I don't really um, grasp that one too much. He says, of course, an organization... As an organization, it's important to be moving in the same direction, but that should be easier for Christians than anyone. Because we already have a leader to follow. Jesus was insanely clear about our purpose on earth. Love God with all your heart, blah, 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 blah. Why does every church need its own mission statement anyways? Aren't we all one body of Christ? So he's talking about how every church oh, okay, gotcha. focuses so much on having their own separate mission statement. And I guess sure. I understand because I guess, I feel like every church kind of has like their own specific words that they choose. I don't really think that's a huge deal in I my mean, opinion. Well, it wasn't a huge deal in our situation. 
Like we have yeah. never come face to face with that as a problem. Just like think. the first point maybe wasn't a big deal to some other people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So I don't I don't have a lot of emotional contingency on that point, but I'm sure that a lot of people out there do. Yeah. Is I mean, I it is pretty clear. Like I, I feel like the mission statement from the church that we came to was like souls. We need to win souls, which is yeah. pretty Jesus-y. I mean, that that wasn't very specific. It's not very – I didn't feel like it was very contrived. It's just this is what we're going to do. And then somewhere else we failed in our methods of discipleship and evangelism and other things. But it wasn't the mission statement's fault, I don't think. Yeah. I don't, even remember, I don't even remember what the mission statement was. I just remember there was a sign hanging over the front door in the yeah. foyer that said, He who is wise wins souls which is a proverb and that's what I always felt like the goal of the church was. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a point right there. Um not going to hang too much on that one cuz I feel like we would just be rambling and <laughs> we would just be rambling and uh trying to come up with something on that one. So anyways. I'm sorry. Just so you know. Uh oh dang it. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. <laughs> We're bring this thing down here. <laughs> Wait, hold that candle. <laughs> it just, it's gonna blow up. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love this podcast. This is amazing. <laughs> so, third point to be made here: helping the poor isn't a priority, and I feel like in some churches it is. Some some churches really focus on that. Um, for the most part, I agree with this article. However, I'm. Maybe some of it is kind of like a blanket statement that doesn't really apply to everything. But I feel like not every church is going to have every one of these issues. So, Oh, yeah. So for it's, sure. For it's, sure. O- it's okay for these to be kind of blanket statements because it's just an overall issue with the church in general. So We're talking about the one where they're helping the poor? Helping the poor isn't a priority. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with that. I mean, I think a lot of – some churches – I need to stop saying a lot so much because it makes it sound like a majority. But some churches focus a lot on numbers and money and getting people there and filling their seats and finances and everything like that. And they forget that the priority is to be set on people. I mean, when you've got like, I don't know, like what was it? Elevation did a fundraiser a couple of years ago where they were saving money to build a new church and they said they were going to give a certain percentage to nonprofit organizations. Yeah. But they made like literally millions of dollars and gave a fraction of that away. Mm-hmm. And with their millions of dollars built a new church a mile down the road. You know what I'm saying? It so three, it was three miles. <laughs> okay, three miles down the road. <laughs> <laughs> so my point in that is like why is money such a focus? Why is filling your seats and being and I think a lot of it some churches just get caught up in fame. They're focused on I my name needs to be known for the kingdom of God. Mm, I think that it's way I think that it's a much deeper deception than that. I don't think that it's like, yeah, I know that I'm doing this so I'm famous. I think it's mm. more like I'm doing this so God can be famous. And because I'm doing such a good job, I deserve that million dollar house. Yeah, and then when you have people who are focused on fame or maybe they're not even focused on it and it just literally just comes to them. You have issues where their weaknesses can be got caught into play. I mean, when sure. you have guys like 
you know, like Perry Noble started, his church started as a house church, became the second largest church in South Carolina or something like that. I think it was. I don't know. It became the second largest church or the first largest church, I can't remember, in in that state. And then everything happened with him with infidelity and alcoholism and stuff like that. I didn't and know it was I think, any infidelity. I just thought it was alcoholism. Uh, I, maybe it wasn't. I thought maybe he cheated on his wife or something. I can't I, remember. I mean, that's the normal thing that happens, but I don't, I don't know if that happened. Yeah, I, guess, I just assumed it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, there was – that fame can – and that's just – that's just uh, not even in the church, but in truth, like fame can bring out the worst in you. So is it is it right for pastors to even if they're not focused on it to be absorbed with that that fame? Like you are like the idea that we have this elite group of pastors in the world, and then mm-hmm. when you know when they fall off or when they fail or when they, I don't know, like whatever it is, like I I me personally. I think that the issue kind of like going off of like what you were talking about, the problem with churches more so is that the pastor is when, when they, when they're focused on fame, it's for the sake of the gospel. They want to grow a bigger church. You know what I'm talking about? Like they just, I want to increase the size of my church so that I can do more. But the sad thing is that in most churches, if the church does grow and is successful, the resources are poured into continuing to grow. And there's never a cap where we say we're big enough and now all of the extra money we can give to the poor. There's yeah. never it, the, the, the section of the budget for growing the church never disappears. And I think that the issue is yeah, the focus is true. There's more focus on growth than there is on serving. Like if I can grow, I can serve more. But then when you actually grow, you still say, if I grow more, and then you still say, if I grow more, and so you keep throwing money at growth, well, and none of it ever trickles down. I mean, some of it trickles down. Don't get me wrong. No, like, no, you're when you make not a billion dollars a year as a church, you're able to give $50 million to the poor, which is amazing. But think of what could be done if we took the focus. We're like, guys, I think we're big enough, and we should just spend all our money on poor people and like helping people and serving mm-hmm. and there would be a tremendous the, – the impact that the church has on America would grow tenfold, I think, if all of the churches that are huge decided yeah. no more growth is necessary. Let's just pour all our money into serving. I agree with that. It's kind of like what you were saying is kind of like when you have a job. You know, you get a raise and you never really have extra money. Your money just gets allocated to something else. Your life improves, but you don't have extra resources. Exactly. Like – you know, you get a new job or you get a raise at work. All right, I have extra money. No, you don't. You have a new car now. Exactly. No, you don't. You have a house payment now. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you don't ever have more money. You just have more stuff and more stuff to pay for. And that's and that, the – that's – Yeah. That's American mindset is what that it is. is. That's the and American it's dream. Com- it's completely wrapped up the church. How big can we get? How famous can our church name get? How – and soon we can get so big that we can start doing other campuses. We can create uh, other services that people can buy. We can do an online worship schools and pastor schools, and people can absorb the knowledge from our man of God. I feel really passionate about this point, Keith, because we live in a county which isn't that big, doesn't have that high of a population, but mm-hmm. there are still 200 churches in our county. It's crazy. You think it's time that we stop, you know, building more and maybe start doing more? 
Let's yeah. if we just everyone stopped like two hundred churches in a county is plenty. Let's start doing instead of growing. Yeah, it would change the face of our city. I think personally, or if churches like as an organization, like say there was a Baptist church, right? Mm-hmm. Like if they said, okay, instead of having a church, a Baptist church every twenty feet down the road, how about in Anderson, in this city, there is one Baptist church. There's one Protestant or not one. Uh, I can't even remember anymore. I'm I'm just running out of stuff. The, There's the, like, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just trying to think of different denominations, but like, yeah, a- every denomination they were like, all right, this is the Baptist Church of Anderson. This is the non-denominational church of Anderson, mm-hmm. and then this is the Catholic Church of Anderson. Instead of having you have the, uh the main street Baptist church, you have the first Baptist church, the second Baptist church, the whatever street, you know, like, can you, can you think of all of the disagreements that we as Christians wouldn't be able to get over if we did that? Ooh. So we would actually have to talk through things. No, we wouldn't. We would just all (laughs) split and go back to our old churches. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Guys, we tried this. Didn't work. Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> no, I mean because we a lot of a lot of people wouldn't be willing to budge on their yeah. A compromise isn't a huge part of a lot of religious people's well, that, lives, and that's what I'm saying. Let's take baby steps. Let's. Uh, that's why I say, like, even just with Baptists, like, of course, don't put Baptist and Evangelicals together. I'm yeah, very, yeah, but I mean, even even I mean, even you think that Baptist would be able to get along enough to where no. all the Baptist churches could come together as one. In, just in one city? Are you, are you kidding? No, that's I don't, ridiculous. I don't Why? Think so. Why is my question? Because uh, that's stupid. That's not even something that I want to be a part of. That's so dumb. Uh, Keith, are you a millennial? Oh my gosh, we just discovered <laughs> a huge impact to the millennial mindset. Okay, sorry. Moving on. What's our? What's, okay, unless so, you had more on that one. So that was. The poor isn't a priority. Somehow we got on we got a we, church we, migration. <laughs> so all that passion took off, and we were flying by the seat of our pants again. Yes, our <laughs> pants were flying. <laughs> our pants had a seat attached. <laughs> so yeah, so helping the poor is a priority. We should do that more. Um, uh, his fourth point: We are tired of tired of you blaming. Oh. Sorry, <laughs> I couldn't read my handwriting for a second. We are tired of you blaming culture, talking specifically to the church. Yep. Talk about that, Ben. Uh, I've heard uh, a church that I really have a lot of like high standing for as far as their like approach to things. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there's problems with every church, but one one that I agree with in a big way is the Church of the Highlands in Birmingham. I really like a lot of the stuff that they do. And they talk quite uh, – they talk at quite length about how we're not trying to get the culture out of these millennials. We're trying to redeem the culture of these millennials. And I think we treat culture as like this bad thing that's like it's trying to change the church and it's trying to get us to move away from our values. And I think it's really – if we're honest with ourselves in the church community, we're really – what we're we're trying to paint it like we're trying to get us to move away from our values but what really is happening is millennials are trying to get us to move away from our traditions which traditions 
if they're not directly impacting your values, are, brace yourselves, worthless. And you should get rid of your traditions. If they're not directly impacting your values, get them out of here. Because we want to redeem the culture of millennials, not purge the culture from millennials. That's why they... uh, So, yeah, I think I gave my point there. Stop blaming the culture. It's not the culture trying to steal your values. It's your traditions that you're not willing to sacrifice that are driving the millennials away. It's not the culture's job to uphold your values. That's a thing we need to, like a couple years ago, everyone flipped their, uh, I just got to say it. Everyone flipped their shit, dude, about Starbucks, not having Christmas written on their coffee mugs with, which when you look at the word Christmas, you're not even like, oh, that's such a religious thing. It's just a holiday that a lot of – some people don't even correlate to Christianity. It's just fun, hang out with family, blah, blah, blah. So every Christian in America went crazy when Starbucks just – Whoa, don't say every. Uh, and do, you, do you remember that uh, <laughs> Ferguson guy? Werenstein? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Joshua and he, he literally, uh, man, he, he made, was like, he made this video. He was like, I went to Starbucks today. You know what I did? They asked for my name and I said, my name's Merry Christmas. So they had to write Merry Christmas on my cup. Who won Starbucks? Who won? No, no, no. He was like, who won Satan? Who yes. won? <laughs> <laughs> you will celebrate Christmas Starbucks. You will know yeah. Christ. And that's the thing. Like, it's not culture's job to uphold my values. That is my job. That is my responsibility. And I can't get upset at culture when they do. Yes, same-sex marriage is a thing. Yes, abortion is allowed. Yes, this and that. I don't have to agree with it. I don't have to be okay with it. But that doesn't mean I have to sit here and point my finger and just call them a bunch of idiots every, all day every day. Oh, my gosh. It's you- just culture. Jesus didn't attack the culture of his day. No. He never was like, Roman rule is oppressive and crappy. Yeah. Tax collectors, you suck. He, what he did was he went to his father's house and cleaned it up so that it would be the most effective it could so be. So it would do its job right. In, in redeeming yeah. the culture it was a part of. He wasn't like, get this Roman culture out of here. We're Jewish people. Screw Romans. He wasn't like that. He was like... Why don't we get our lives right so that we can best redeem the culture instead of trying to purge it out of this country? Which is yeah. one of the and, – and maybe you can make this correlation to the church, but that was one of the main reasons the Jewish culture rejected him is because they were expecting this guy to come in and just annihilate everything. They were expecting this son of God to show up with an army of angels, destroy the Romans, and bring the Jewish culture back to the top, and Yahweh yeah. would be exalted and – all this stuff, but when Jesus came in a humble baby form mm-hmm. and saved the world through love and compassion instead of fear and domination, they were like, "That's that can't be our savior." Yeah, they were like, "Really, really, God? Yeah, this really Messiah? Really?" <laughs> we'll, we'll wait for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, but how many, how many churches are like have that mindset that they're like? I can't wait till someone destroys this corrupt culture of exactly. America. And they pray for it. I know. They're man. literally praying to God, like, take down the homosexuals, change their ways. Like, I'm come I'm, on. I'm all really, for those are people. I'm all for praying for someone's soul and like 
God, I need you to, I want you to purge evil from the people of my nation. Like, like that's one thing. But when you, when you go cultural and you're just like, I want this culture to die, I'm okay with taking sin out of the culture and redeeming it, but you don't want the culture to go away. Like, no. it, it's not like your culture's better than theirs. It, God lives inside of us. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, like, he chose to live in us. So if millennials are one way, he will choose to live inside that culture. Yeah. He doesn't have to destroy the culture. He has to redeem the culture. Make that culture, without changing it wholeheartedly, love Jesus. Exactly. So, stop blaming culture. It's not culture's fault. We're okay. (laughs) Anyways. We're going to be fine. We're going to be okay, yeah. It's okay. It's okay that people, you know. Are... And guess what? All this to be said, I know I've kind of been in a place this last year where I'm like, yeah, screw church. We don't need it, this and that. Don't but you? the thing is, I don't think church and I don't think Jesus and I don't think Christianity is going to die anytime soon. I was actually just talking talking to God. I was praying on my way home from work the oh, other man. day. Oh, man. How lame. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, Keith. And, What's up? And I was just thinking to myself as I was talking to God, I'm just like, you know what? Christianity is not done. No, it's not. It's not done. God, you're not done. 100%. And I don't even think church is done. I think it will be if it doesn't get with a freaking program and stop being a bunch of idiots. <laughs> and I want to say that in a different words. What, but a, I don't what want a harsh to. rebuke there, Keith. <laughs> oh, no, I could. It could have been harsher. I, I, no, I know. I know it could have been harsher. But, anyways, so stop blaming culture. <laughs> You know, and we made a couple good points of solutions that could be made. You know, let's stop blaming culture and let's start loving culture because yeah. I think that's what Jesus was more about. He was more about caring about the widows and the orphans and the prostitutes in the street. You know, modern days, you've got people going out in the street with signs saying, burn in hell, prostitutes go to hell, homosexuals go to hell. But you know what Jesus would have been doing? He would have been out in those streets loving people, picking the prostitutes and the gays off the ground and saying, you know what? I'm not I'm not here to judge you. I mean, I'm that, here to help you. That I'm really, here to make you better. That really actually happened. Like yeah, the woman literally. caught in adultery was yeah. drug out before him and he was like – he picked her up and first said, who is it that condemns you? And yeah. And then he says, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. So right there. But he said, go and sin no more. So he rebuked her, right? Well, as long as that's not condemnation, you turd. (laughs) As long as you don't condemn someone for their behavior and you instruct them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how how disciple-y that relationship was with that woman. But he gave, he said, I don't condemn you. Gave her instructions on how to improve her life. Literally, if she just would have avoided that sin, her life would get better. Yeah. And he's like, go and don't do this stuff that's messing up your life anymore. And there you go. I mean, so we already know how Jesus would behave. So, yeah. And like I said, it's okay to not agree with culture, but you don't have to blast it, bro. You don't have to sit here and say culture is evil and wicked. But so you're you're attacking the wrong problem. Exactly. So that's we'll get off that point because I feel like. When we talk about how there's some points we can't relate to and some we can, I feel like that's one everyone can relate to. I, I think I agree. Everyone can see how the church is just blaming culture yeah. for the church's 
malfunctions and what, what's next on the menu keith okay something i talked about very mildly earlier the you can't sit with us effect yeah how and this was um, one of the other main grievances i had with our former church if you don't agree you don't belong so yeah so with that you have all those issues of you know, oh, well, you don't agree with us. You don't see things our way. Well, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to take a sabbatical until you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you only have to take a sabbatical if you're really That vocal. one wasn't if a joke. Really, if you're really vocal, if you're really vocal about it, then vocable. if you're really vocal <laughs> about your disagreements, then you, you we're going to have to ostracize you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, no, but. I mean, that's going back to episode one. Dude. I know, dude. <laughs> it will never forget it either. <laughs> um, I had something I was going to say about this. You can't sit with us. You can't sit with unless us. Unless you agree. Unless and, you agree, yeah. Well, actually, unless you concede to mm. us, then you can sit with us. Like, it's kind of like a fall. Put up in, your white flag and then you're good. Fall in line. Yeah. Kind of mentality. And when you disagree, it's unfortunate. Like, I get it that your disagreement you have with church may not be one that is legitimate. You know what I mean? Like there, I have disagreements that there could very well just be my personal preferences and they don't need to change in the church. I might have opinions that differ, but that doesn't mean that they have to shift the way the church goes, but I shouldn't feel less valued after a disagreement. Mm -hmm. Like, and I feel like that's a lot of the, the, the problem is that like when millennials, they have something to say, I feel like they, you can't sit with us that that whole factor makes them feel like their opinions and their dreams and their thoughts are worthless because they weren't valued by the people that yeah. they look up to you know what i mean it's really important church that you communicate value to the opinions of millennials even if they're just their preferences and they don't need to shift the way that your church works you can't just be like yeah no uh, you want to sit with us not really. Okay, then. I guess you decided you didn't want to go to church here, didn't you? I guess, I guess, I guess so. Yep. See you later, millennials. You know? Yeah. And that's how exactly – that's exactly how it was. Um, I remember going to the pastor of our old church, and we would talk about you know different things, uh, stuff that was going on in the church and stuff we didn't really agree with and theological things we really didn't agree with and – Whenever you'd bring up a point, it was immediately shut down, and if it was something that felt personal, it was attack. So it was there. There was no, there was no room to disagree. There was no room to think, and and not just in that church, but I feel like that's a that's a common thread. It's a common problem that you have inside of church culture, and in America is okay. So you have to pick what you believe. All right. So it's it's kind of like. Picking churches is like uh, – it's like picking what you want to eat. All right, so you like more oriental food? Okay, so you've got the sushi place. You've got the Chinese restaurant. Uh, you've got uh, Panda Express. All right, from there, you need to choose – you want more along the lines of sushi? All right, so you're going to have to go with uh, Sakura, and that's going to be your church. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah. It, mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of like what we have in church. It's like, okay, so uh, – so what do I want to think about hell? Okay, there we go. Uh, what about tithe and money? Okay, so 
that's got to be a thing. So let's, uh, yep, not tithing is a sin. Let's find a church that believes that. Uh, okay, so this church aligns with my beliefs. So let's go here. And that's why we have churches that have such strong belief systems because it's like when you when you go here, this is your thought on the matter. If it's different, then go go down the road because they believe something different than that. And I think if we could all learn to accept, and that's like we were talking about earlier, like with even like with just Baptist churches, if we could get all the Baptists to agree on things or even just be okay with disagreeing, if we could get all churches to be like, okay, you guys don't think the same I do about this or that, but you know what? We agree at the same points. We all love Jesus. We all want people to know God. So let's roll with that. And we will work everything out as we go. Even if we end up not agreeing at the end of it, we don't have to agree on every little thing to agree that God is good and that he wants to do good stuff in this world. So I totally agree with that. 100%. So, I mean, that's all I've got on that. Bam. Uh, money. We kind of talked about that last week. Ben, if you want to, you can go back and listen to that episode. Yeah, me, yeah. Me and Nate talked about like tithe and uh, church spending in the church and or money what, spending in the church and stuff like what that. Is it, what does that say about me that you posted a podcast and I, I like my podcast, the one that I'm mm. a part of is up and I haven't listened to that episode yet. <laughs> well, see, I'm trying to put some conviction in you. Oh, you know? man, yeah. it is working. That was really good. Keith. <laughs> you should work at a church. You should be a pastor, bro. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm just going to pick a couple of these. Uh, okay, Ben. Okay. Mentored, not preached at. You got any thoughts on that? Yes, 100%. Take it away, pal. Uh, this is like the heart cry of myself. And I think I can do a good job of shortening this into I'm not going to preach. Honestly, do whatever you want. <laughs> um, you can leave when you need to if you want to stay. And then we can just break this up in a two podcast. We can do that. Whatever right. you want to do. Well, yeah, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. Is that cool? Do it. I don't have to decide. I just do what I want. <laughs> um, is that this is so big is that like people that are this. Oh, geez. Okay. So I'm just going to go. Just going to go. So much I want to say. People that go to a church, pastors, the, the correct way to look at a church is not I have a vision and I'm preaching my vision so that people will agree with me and help me accomplish it. If you're going to step into the role of a pastor, the almost the only vision you should have is I want to find people that I see vision in and I want to develop that. Mm -hmm. Like a powerful church is one where most of the vision and the accomplishments are in the congregation and not behind the pulpit. Yeah. A powerful church doesn't have a rock star pastor with a bunch of people that go there that nobody knows about. A powerful church has a pastor who the people in his congregation are killing it for Jesus. I would a good church model is one where I'm not preaching how I'm not sharing how good I am with everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's I'm teaching everyone else how good their vision is, how they can accomplish it and seeing a greater impact by doing it that way. Yeah, so I look at it like in the lines of marriage. If my marriage is completely self-focused and you were to ask me what are Amanda's needs, and if I can't answer that, there's a problem with that. If if you ask me, hey, what's my wife going through? 
Um, stuff? I don't know. You should ask her. Yeah. Let's 100%. sit down and have a meeting about it. Yes. <laughs> yes. So true. And so, so that, yeah, pastor should, be a, pastor should be able to answer that question because yeah. the, the developing the people that you're connected to is way more important. And it's, I think we do have that backwards in church right now is that a super awesome charismatic guy gets a vision that people are willing to follow and they go after it, which is cool. But it's not cool if that's the only channel your church has. You should have a whole set of channels of people in your church with visions that they're given avenues to accomplish. And it should be a – the church, in my opinion, is much more of a launching pad than a – how do I say this? It's not so much like a job that you go and apply for and then you do what the company is asking. It's much more of a launching pad like – like a boot camp where I'm going to teach you how to do this. And then you're going to go away from me and not be in my platoon anymore. You're going to go do some great stuff out there on the battlefield. Well, when you look at the first generation biblical churches, that's what they were. If you look at Antioch, if you look at Jerusalem, if you look at the first churches, they were places where Christians would be trained up and sent out to the world. It cracks me up that somehow from all the teachings that I've got from pastors over the past 10 years of my life, I remember that Ephesus was one of the biggest and most successful churches. And that doesn't even matter how big it was. What matters is how much work got done. I would much rather be Antioch than Ephesus. I don't want to be a big, successful church. I want to be an effective, small church. You know what I mean? So I don't know why that stuck. Some pastor told me that Ephesus was really successful and I should look at what they did, but I would much rather look at Antioch and what they did because they sent out a lot more and got a lot more work done. Yeah. Fun fact. Do you know who the uh, Greek God from Ephesus was? Diana. No, uh, that's not even Greek. Is it? She's on smite. Uh, 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 Athena. Artemis. Artemis. Dang it. Gosh. Should have said Hunter. I would have got it. She must've built her crit because the church is no longer. in. Whoa. Jeez. That was, she got her blood for John. Dude. It's just <laughs> oh done. Even that's not even crit. That's your life steal. But yeah. yeah. Anyways, okay. whatever. Yeah. I'm sure everyone followed that. So let's move on to our <laughs> next point. Let's move on to our next point. Oh man. So mentored, not preached that. Boom. Uh, feel valued. You kind of hit on this earlier. Uh, yeah. The church wants to feel because uh, we talked about that with the blaming culture, or it was one of those points. I think it's blaming culture. <laughs> yeah. So the church, we want to, millennials want to feel, and I don't even like the term millennials. We are people. We are we are human beings who want desperately to feel like there is still a hope and a purpose for organized church in America. Yes. Communication. So, communicate to me that I have value above and beyond my ability to submit and do work for you. Exactly. So, so what it comes down to is – you have – and this is from my own personal experience, and if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. Let's talk about it. But from my personal experience, you have value as long as you're feeding into what is going on. The moment you don't agree, the moment you're not even in – the moment you agree but you're not in leadership, you are not as important. You're kind of – you're not the focus. You're not the goal. But what I'm saying here is that the moment we – don't contribute 
to the cause of said church that you're a part of, mm-hmm. you no longer hold as much value to that leadership. Absolutely. And, and I just, I that say shows, that with 100% conviction. That that shows that you have a really good relationship with the function of the church, not a really good relationship with the people of the church. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that shows you, you have a good relationship with this church if you're really tied up in its function, not necessarily really tied up with the people. And I think that real development and growth in a good and healthy way comes from real relationships and value being placed there, not value being placed on the function that you fulfill in the church because maybe your function isn't designed to be here. Maybe we're just a launching pad and we value the crap out of whatever you're going to do that has no impact here because we just value you as a person, not value you for your usefulness. Exactly. All right, moving on. Next point. Okay, man, we're flying through these. Um, (laughs) That's because we're at 56 minutes. (laughs) And we kind of already talked about that to be real. Yeah. So um, I don't know how I feel about this one. Mm-hmm. He says that the church doesn't talk about controversial issues. Now, for me, there's a disclaimer here. Okay. I would love it for the church to talk about the controversial issues if it was open for controversy. Yeah. That's the thing. When Because the church talks about controversial issues when you're calling gay people sinners mm-hmm. and when you're saying this and that, when when it's something – the thing is there are controversial issues – and things that are changing in culture that need to be addressed by the church. Yeah. But th- we need to have an open mind to understanding. Like we can't we can't just call everything sin and get it away. That's wicked. The thing is, let's talk about the issues. Let's talk about how to address them. Even if at the end you still agree that something's a sin, we can respectfully disagree in a controversy. It doesn't always have to end with a bunch of pastors making a statement that's saying that anyone who even agrees with homosexuality is going to hell. It doesn't have to end with a bunch of Christians just pissing everybody off because they <laughs> needed to make this stand against the devil and his works. Yeah, It doesn't have to be like that. So that's my disclaimer. Well, I, I think it would be cool to talk about the controversial issues, but in a way that they're open for controversy. If we talk and have a conversation about controversial issues, that would be good. Yeah. It's not like I want you to talk about controversial issues. Like, because like, for example, a lot, there are a lot of churches out there who are like, like you can really find a really controversial old grandpa who has a lot of really controversial things that he wants to say. Like, yeah, this, this is stupid kids today got no respect and they don't want to work. They're lazy. They're they're They treat all the good stuff. They got the sense of entitlement and gay people running around like that's okay, and then <laughs> and then you got these people trying to make up all these genders, and I mean I can't even keep track of them anymore. And then you got we got freaking immigrants coming in and doing it, and like that guy is really controversial and talks about controversy, but it's but that's, toxic. That's not what we want. We want yeah. a conversation about controversial issues, not a preaching about converse, uh, controversial issues. Exactly. There you go. Boom. And I still stand by my point, the last episode that you were in. Yeah. I said that I don't think that those are things that should be talked about over the pulpit when I was talking because about Because that's not a conversation. I yeah, agree. Yeah, I don't I don't think those are things that need to be gone into in that type of venue. So There you go. Carl Lentz, bam. Boom. Okay. 
That's uh, why he didn't want to have that giant concert. He didn't want to talk about something controversial without a conversation. Exactly. He didn't want to make a stance, and I, I, I respect that. Yeah. All right. I yeah yeah. It's not exactly what he said, but I no, mean, well, I I agree with that statement uh, that he wants to have those conversations. But I like when, his strategy, not yes. just like saying a controversial thing. He wants to not even really touch on the issue unless we're going to have a real conversation. Exactly, about it. and that's really cool, man. Yeah, I like. I, he would never be on this podcast because oh, we're 100%. so we're so freaking small. There's like a hundred of us, but that'd be cool to at least like email him and talk to him or something. Yeah, yeah, agree. But okay, you public perception. So everybody, let's <laughs> talk about how what's the Ben. Let me ask you a question. All right, we're an hour into this thing, and I need to do something to spice it up a little bit. All right. What What is the public's perception of church? How does hypocrisy? <laughs> <laughs> All those hippos. Yeah, hippo- <laughs> hypocrites and judgmental people, and um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's no reason for it. Uh, ineffective. Uh, I forget. Uh, there's another word that I'm inserting right here. Sorry, I lost my game show announcer voice. Oh, you're good. Um, well, Keith. What's up? Who, who are you texting over there? <laughs> my uncle. Oh, right on. He just texted <laughs> me. He just texted me and said, hey, what up? You got a minute to yell at me? Yeah, we do. Let's get let's Skype him in. Let's get him on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so anyway, so the public I think it's bad. Sorry for that uh thirty seconds of silence, everybody. <laughs> so I think it's bad that the public perception of Christianity is hypocrisy. And we went into a lot of that judgmentalism and stuff last the last episode that Ben was on where we talked about the first um episode of why millennials aren't going to church. And it's it there's something wrong and it's it's not the and that this goes back to the blaming culture it's not the culture's fault that the church is filled with hypocritical people with judgmental people that is not culture's fault we cannot sit back and this is what makes me not want to be part of a church because the church cannot just sit back and say it's culture's fault it's these people's fault it's everyone else's fault that people are viewing us this way no, people – what is it? Uh, uh, I love how that happens when you're on a podcast. You're like, oh, dang, I don't know how to talk anymore. Yeah, like you, I, I forget words all the time. <laughs> words that you know you can't say. Uh, what is it? Like when perceptions of people or an idea of someone – Ideology? They're for a reason. Like uh, the people – look at Christians as hypocritical and judgmental for a reason. It's not an over-the-top thing to assume because most are. Most they've at least had experiences with or seen or witnessed. What they have seen is hypocrisy. What they have seen is judgment. And they never really get a chance to see the other side because they already have formed an opinion from a distance. I don't even know if it's the church's fault that people feel that way. I think it's a lot of like – I mean, sure, the church has an impact and everything. But those people that go to the college campuses with signs, yeah. like I don't watch TBN or even check the local church's Facebook page. But that guy sure told me how they feel. 
Yeah. And I think part of the problem, and I don't want to say, because I don't want to put all the blame on the church. It's kind of like the player effect, you know, like the reason that guys are looked at as players is because the loudest ones are. When you go to a club, you're not going to see the nice guys. You're not going to see the guys that are going to treat a a girl good and love her and respect her and be there for her and support her. You're going to see the guy that's like, what up, girl? You want Netflix and chill? You want to go home? What you doing? So he's he's gathering the most attention because it's what he needs to do his thing. And, And you have what you call what I like to call the player effect where the loudest most obnoxious guy in the room is the one you notice and therefore the guys the nice guys who aren't saying anything most guys aren't like that i was looking at this statistic and it's like only like five percent of guys in culture are the players Mm -hmm. a good percentage probably 60 to 70 percent of men are the nice guys who will never speak to a girl unless the perfect moment arises yeah so therefore the loudest most obnoxious ones are looked at as the general consensus of what that is so this is my urge to the sensible christians to the ones who are not yelling and screaming at culture and calling everyone evil and wicked and throwing up signs and shit like that like if you are a normal christian who loves people is open to talk about these controversial things and all of this other stuff we've talked about do something about that like this podcast that's what we're doing we're getting together we're talking about these issues in a real way in a real light that otherwise otherwise we wouldn't you wouldn't be able to hear our voice you wouldn't be able to know Keith and Ben and what they're going through with religion if we weren't doing this. So if you want to counteract the bad hypocrisy, the judgmentalism, do good. And that's what I'm saying. I'm urging – this is my solution for this for this problem. Good people, freaking do something. Stop sitting back. Stop – and I'm not even saying this in a judgmental way. I'm saying this to myself. Stop sitting back. And complaining about how church sucks, be an actual good representation of who Jesus is. Yeah, and people will see that. People will say, "Oh, you're not like." Because I've like whenever I talk to people about God, which doesn't happen very often anymore, but when I do or when I did, it's like, "Oh, you're not like most Christians I've ever look like I've ever seen or looked at or heard from." You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah, no, because 100%. they hear the lot of obnoxious ones. So yeah, you're right. So change the public perception. Yeah, go do something about it. Yeah, do something about it. Uh, So just real quick, uh, he says, stop talking about us is another one. And we can just hit this one really quick. So uh, how uh, churches want to talk about millennials like they're some kind of freaking alien race or something like that. Yeah, (laughs) we just don't get them. They're completely foreign. (laughs) Where people stop talking about us, respect us, listen to us. Easy answer. Things will change. They come from a place called the 90s, and we don't know how to relate to them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I agree. Don't talk to – and church people, if you're having struggles with millennials, don't talk to people that already agree with you about how to address these people that disagree with you. Maybe talk to the people that disagree with you about where you guys can find a compromise. Come come talk to us 
if you want to know about us. That would make us feel valued right there. Bam. Okay. Yeah. And if you feel like you can't relate to us, I really feel bad for you on this next generation of kids coming up. Oh, dude. Yeah. The kids are coming after us. Are you freaking kidding me? They're the worst. I don't know what we're going to call them. We're not going to call them millennials, but <laughs> just call yeah, them the devil. Brace yourselves. <laughs> Yeah. I think I think that's what like maybe a lot of churches are doing. They're just like holding out hope that like, nope, I know God is too good to let this next generation grow up. Uh, he's going to come you back. You better start doing something, guys. <laughs> no, he, they're like, Jesus is going to come back before then. We won't have to worry about it. <laughs> that's literally. <laughs> I think that's what generations have been doing for the longest. They're like, look, this gen- this next generation is too difficult. I think you should just come back, Jesus, and spare us from whatever else is happening. Yeah. So last point, failing to adapt. Point 12. Um I don't know if you have any notes on that. I have every uh my notes they started an hour and 4 minutes ago, I think. Everything <laughs> that we've been talking about is basically addressing a failure to adapt to culture. I kind of hit yeah. on it earlier with we're not redeeming culture. We need to take the culture that's produced by the world, don't take it away from people, but redeem it. And make you know bring Jesus into it and let him be the king of this culture, like it's okay for Jesus to be the king of a culture where like I, I'm I'm gonna be one hundred percent honest with you. There are a lot of Christian people out there. Not a lot. Uh, I, we need to quit generalizing. Sorry for all the generalization that took place in this podcast. When we say a lot, it really doesn't mean a lot. It just yeah. means hey, this could be. That means some. This <laughs> is what what it really means. But, uh, yeah, it, we, it, when, I mean, if you guys can redefine terms, so can we like, you can't just, yeah. <laughs> you can't just out people because like they hit this dance move called the dab and yeah, it might have some like, uh, questionable origins, but if you just say like, you can't do that here, this is a church. I mean, redeem it, my guy. You can do a dance that looks like whatever. Jesus does not care what your dance is called, what your dance is. He cares about your heart. So redeem the heart of the culture. Don't yeah. teach people to do what you do. Share with them the God that changed your heart. And then watch watch Christianity happen in a good and healthy way. Yeah. So adapt. Share Jesus with the heart of this culture, <sighs> and you'll see what you're looking for. But if you keep trying to teach people how to be like older generations – yeah. Like we keep trying to educate people. You need to live your life like it's the 1950s. You are not going to be effective. You will not adapt and you will not you'll lose the millennials. Yeah. So all that to be said, um all that all that said so I could say this. Oh. In a very confusing way. Okay, yeah. Cryptic. Yes. <laughs> um I still think there's a lot of good that the church can do. I'm not a I think I would can I would probably consider myself post-church, honestly, because I really don't go, and I don't really see it necessary for my life, but I'm not against church. But mainly when I talk about church, I'm talking about like Christianity in general, Yeah, because I am pro-Christianity. So all that to be said, I'm not renouncing my faith. I'm not saying all Christians are hypocrites, because I don't think they are. I think there's a lot of really good Christians out there. It's just... Unfortunately, the loudest – you have the player effect, like I was saying. The loudest ones are always the rudest ones. You know, the people screaming. You know, that you're On the not, street corner. The people screaming on the street corner are going to be 
louder than the woman who gives up her month's rent to pay for someone's groceries. No one, no one, no one hears that. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, let's just let's be real. Let's be honest. Let's be Christians. And I don't know, grow and learn how to love God and do our job better and be less stupid. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm all about being less stupid. That's <laughs> that's me, man, right there. So that's about <laughs> it for the day. What do you think, Ben? Uh, I think that that was a good conversation. We covered 12 points. We followed a structure. We also flew by the seat of our pants. And we adapted. We valued mm. each other's opinions. We didn't have a bad focus about money. We never talked we about didn't. it except for right now on the podcast. Boom. Give us, hey, uh, give us money. Oh, yep. N- never mind. Okay, so <laughs> we got some stuff we're working on too, guys. We're going to work out this uh, money-hungry spirit that we have. And yeah. uh, we're going to work on valuing. You know what? And the church could just as – this is what I want to finish. I'm going to finish All with right. this point. Let's the church it. could just as easily turn around and say make their list of things that – Mm-hmm. that are wrong with millennials. And you would be right. But you know what? We're never going to resolve those from two different camps. Yeah. If we can't value your opinion, old people that run church, and you can't value ours, we're just going to be two separate groups. And that's really sad. Yeah. The younger and the older generation should be working together. Just like it says in the Bible, you know, that thing you like to quote all the time, we should be working together, not working against each other. So we, we've made points but you have your points too. So at the end of the day, old people listening to this podcast, get together with a young person and value them. Old people don't know what a podcast is. Okay. Well, there are some, Keith, don't be, don't be generalizing. Okay. Some old people know what podcasts are and young people, you get together with an old person and maybe try valuing their opinion. And if that works, you just created healthy Christianity. Oh my goodness. If it didn't work, try again. And, what and, the? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yep, good. <laughs> Boy, that's good. All right. Well, uh, this is Keith and Ben here signing off from the PP podcast. And uh, if you like what you're hearing, go to iTunes. Go to Google Play. Yeah. You know, drop the, a review. Go to the Facebook page. Yes. Join us. Join our cult. Oh, as we. <laughs> Man. convert Christianity to our, our belief systems. As always, I hope you didn't listen to the last 30 seconds and have a <laughs> wonderful rest of your week. See you later, everybody. <laughs>